Voice of St. Louis original podcast. The KMOX News team has been covering what's been going on across the St. Louis region today. This is the STL All Local. And our top local story on this Thursday, June 22nd. KMOX is covering breaking news. One person is dead after an explosion and fire in East Alton this afternoon. Police and fire say the explosion was at the Winchester Ammunition Plant on Powder Mill Road and caused nearby grasses to catch fire, but that was quickly put out. The cause of the explosion is under investigation. Winchester manufactures small caliber ammo for the U.S. military. There will be fireworks downtown and a 4th of July parade, but the popular Fair St. Louis is taking the year off. That means no big-name concerts under the arch, no air show, and no alligator on a stick. Fair St. Louis Foundation Chairman David Estes was asked if the glory has departed. Well, there may be those that think that, and to those who do think that, uh, hang with us, bear with us, and we'll come back stronger than ever next year. Estes says there was no lack of money or fear of crime downtown driving the decision. He says they just want to make sure the fair is moving in a direction that people want, not the one that planners think they want. Hoping to steer young people away from a life of crime, Mayor Tashara Jones is expanding the mission of the city's recreation centers after the weekend mass shooting at a party downtown. Jones says it's worked in other cities and can work here too. Centers just for them where they feel comfortable in expressing the things that they're going through and getting the help that they need to move forward. Uh, we have we have enough youth centers around here, but I don't think we're using them properly or we're using them as much as we can. The city will expand the hours of the Marquette Rec Center on the south side and the Wool Rec Center on the north side. Jones says police are also writing citations for curfew violators downtown. A nine-year-old boy accidentally shot himself on Wells Avenue near the Sherman Park area this afternoon. St. Louis police say he suffered a graze wound to the knee and is recovering. It appears a relative was loading a weapon and left it on a bed where the boy picked it up. Aldermanic President Green tells KMOX she's calling for a special session. Is she? President Megan Green told KMOX she is calling on Governor Parson for a special session of the legislature to craft gun legislation to address violence in St. Louis. Green said the matter is urgent and cannot wait until the regular January session. Well, Governor Parson's spokesperson Kelly Jones said no such request or inquiry has come into their office and there is no current plan to hold a special session for any press matter. Jones said, of course, that can change quickly. It has become increasingly popular for lawmakers to demand a special session as a way to amplify the importance of an issue. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Collinsville police have yet to update the condition of a man they shot Tuesday after the suspect pointed a gun at them. Officers were called to St. Clair Avenue where they say a 30-year-old man pointed a weapon and they fired on him. Illinois State Police are investigating and are providing few details. No officers were hurt and investigators have not said the man fired his gun at police. The city's taking action on a major eyesore at Kings Highway and 6440. They've been sitting there for years. A row of seven buildings boarded up and empty. Drury hotels had a plan to redevelop then apartment company Lux Living had a plan. Nothing's happened. Now the city's trying to legally force Lux to fix them. If they don't do that, the city will come in spending a little over 200000 per building to stabilize the structures inside and out. Ninth Ward Alderman Michael Browning says Lux would have to reimburse the city or lose the properties. Demolishing the historic buildings isn't an option. And this is really the last part of the neighborhood that has been held hostage for the last couple decades. Browning says if the city... The city's plan goes well. It could be a model for dealing with other neglected buildings across St. Louis. Scott Jagow, KMOX News. There was a lot of talk in the last Missouri legislative session about protecting children, but a new survey shows the kids are
are not all right. The annual Kids Count report ranks Missouri in the bottom third of all states when it comes to children's health. In fact, only 10 other states have worse rates of child and teen deaths than the Show Me State, and the leading cause of death here? guns. Bills to limit children's access to guns failed in the last legislative session. Infant mortality is high in Missouri and another problem area, adolescent boys in more rural areas. The best states for children's health, Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire. The worst, Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. The use of so-called magic mushrooms has nearly doubled among young people in the past three years. Researchers tell KMOX there are a number of possible reasons why more people between the ages of 19 and 30 are experimenting with psychedelic mushrooms, including news of clinical trials looking at psilocybin use as therapeutic. So I think that increased um, visibility in the press and also as we start to see state legislatures um, considering decriminalization laws, it's been much more discussed in the public domain. Washington University psychiatrist Dr. Ginger Nickel is one researcher studying potential benefits, but she tells Total Information AM it is still illegal and use comes with risks. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. The KMOX Business Desk, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill into law today to extend the Cocktails to Go exemption for another five years, allowing bars to sell to-go drinks in sealed cups, help them stay in business during the pandemic. The practice proved so popular, lawmakers decided to extend it. Delivery of alcoholic drinks is also allowed, but only by employees of the bar or restaurant. The current to-go law was set to expire in January. Big changes for Fair St. Louis this 4th of July may take many people by surprise. KMOX's Kevin Colleen talks with a fair official about what's planned and what's not. We're talking with David Estes. He is the chairman of the Fair St. Louis Foundation. And Mr. Estes, it's that time of year. The cicadas are buzzing. The, the air is thick with humidity. And people start to get a hankering for a funnel cake and an F-16 flyover. But this year, what's going to happen down on the arch grounds with the fair? On July the 4th, we're going to have the best fireworks show ever. It's going to be underneath the arch, probably about 9.15 or so, and will probably last 25 minutes or so. So, But I think the uh, we don't want to bury the lead. There's not going to be a fair St. Louis this year, right? Not a what we would call a traditional fair. Of course, on the 4th, we have America's Birthday Parade, uh, which starts at 10 a.m. and will last till noon. And then there'll be a break during the day where people can, you know, go to the zoo, go up in the arch, uh, go over to Ballpark Village and, and listen to some of the shows over there and uh, and then come back for fireworks that night. Now, the fair, going back to 1981, used to be this menagerie of patriotism. It was a walking wonderland of people with fifes and drums and, you know, a patriotic band here, a little display there, the the air show, uh, all sorts of things. What happened to the big fair St. Louis? Well, COVID had a lot to do with that. You know, we got we got a left hook and a right cross with, with COVID, so we were shut down for a year. And I think people were, were leery of uh, big gatherings for a while. And then we just decided as a group, you know, let's take this moment and really reimagine what we want the fair to look like. And so we're tapping the brakes this year. Of course, uh, next year we intend to have fireworks. We intend to have concerts. But we just want to make sure that we're, we're giving 
people what they want versus what we think they want. And now, so we now, have but a... Wait a minute. Didn't uh, they? It seemed like they wanted the big birthday bash with Elton John and Bob Hope and Ray Charles and just the throngs of crowds and alligator on a stick. I mean, it was, it was like <clears throat> called America's Fourth of July birthday bash. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. Was it money? No, not at all. We've always had great support. So you have the money to put on the show, but you think uh, maybe you need to reevaluate whether people want to have a traditional patriotic 4th of July three or four days down at the Arch? That's exactly right. We want to give people what they want versus what we think they want. Now, when you talk about, uh, this is a curious uh, distinction between what people want and what you think they want, so many people showed up for the old Fair St. Louis. Isn't that your market research right there? Doesn't that show you that's what people want? That will be an element of what they want. But if you look at our esports tournament that we had this year, uh, Ballpark Village was packed for three days. And so, you know, that's an element that, that we're considering. Um, you know, we want to, we just want to make sure that we're representing what everybody wants. And frankly, you know, the, the fair has been a, a steady staple of concerts, air shows, fireworks, you know, every year. Now we added the Gateway Legends Tournament. We just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And, yeah, we've, we've actually talked about a couple of new ideas uh, away from the arch grounds, too. So um, we want to just make sure that we have something for everyone. Uh, to what extent, if at all, is crime downtown downtown crime a consideration in all this? Well, the safety of our fairgoers has always been priority one, and we're very fortunate to say that with the cooperation of uh, all the local law enforcement uh, authorities, uh, we've never had any issues and don't anticipate any going forward. We, we have a high degree of confidence that uh, our reimagined fair will be in, fa- in fact be downtown. Well, uh, thank you for the memories. Uh, many, many St. Louisans have fond memories going back to 1981 of Fair St. Louis, and uh, they can enjoy a little bit of that this year. As you said, there's going to be the traditional 4th of July morning parade and then a big fireworks display starting that night, the 4th of July at 930. That is correct, Kevin. All right, well, that's Fair St. Louis Chairman David Estes. Happy 4th of July, and we'll see you at the fair. Thanks a bunch. Bye now. Thank you. As we continue on KMOX, this weekend is Pride Fest in downtown St. Louis, but it's not just the festival that you can take part in. There's a lot happening uh, involving the Missouri Historical Society, too. And joining us right now is Sam Moore, Managing Director of Public History at the Missouri Historical Society. Thanks, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Michael. So tell us about Gateway to Pride. Gateway to Pride. So Gateway to Pride is really emblematic of the Missouri Historical Society's commitment to telling everyone's story. Uh, And especially during this Pride Month, we are sharing the stories of LGBTQIA plus St. Louisans from across the city's history, across the region's history. Um, This weekend especially is exciting for us with Pride Fest happening downtown. We've got a few things happening, um, starting with on Saturday, we'll actually be at our sister site, downtown at Soldiers Memorial Military Museum uh, doing a wreath laying. We do that every year as part of the kickoff to Pride. The reality is that as long as there's been a U.S. 
military. There have been queer members serving in that military. And so recognizing their service and sacrifice and, and also the fact that many of them had to serve in silence uh, for for much of America's history. It's an important part to get that started. So uh, we've got all kinds of events happening, and it's part of this larger effort, again, to, to share stories. So for uh, Gateway to Pride right now, the, the virtual exhibit, uh, can people find that at mohistory.org? And then and tell us about what's planned over the next year. Absolutely. They can find it at mohistory.org. So starting this weekend and continuing throughout the year, this is a year-round program that we run as part of our CSTL tours program that's s-e-e-s-t-l we are doing walking tours of the central west end it's a tour called gay liberation in the gateway city if you're familiar with st louis and the central west end you know that that neighborhood has long played an important role in our city's queer history the city's first pride parade started in the central west end um, the first gay community center in St. Louis was in the central, central West End. Um, and so what we do is we get together in a meeting spot in Central West End. We walk around. We uh, see everything from progressive churches to local landmarks that have a really big role. Um, and talk more about, too, how the LGBTQIA plus community in St. Louis has really been a contributor to different neighborhoods uh, growing and changing and evolving um, over the course of the full spectrum of St. Louis's history. Those tours happen all year round. We've actually got one coming up this Sunday at 11, and you can learn more about that on our website at mohistory.org, mohistory.org. Um, and then all of this is really leading up to us um, opening a big new exhibit next year called Gateway to Pride during Pride Month in 2024. It'll be one of the first major exhibits to look at St. Louis's queer history kind of comprehensively. Um, we've been collecting from collectors and from history makers across the region to build this exhibit, collecting their stories, collecting artifacts, and are really excited to share this history with the community uh, and a lot of these stories for the very first time. MoHistory.org is the hub for all of this, for information, even to experience some of these stories. Sam Moore, Managing Director of Public History at the Missouri Historical Society. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Michael. Forest Park Southeast is known for its inspiring comeback story, except for one highly visible row of boarded-up homes. The seven buildings at Kings Highway and 6440 have been an eyesore for years. Now the city has a plan to fix them up and make the owner pay for it. Lux Living has not followed through on its plans to build an apartment complex there. Ninth Ward Alderman Michael Browning lives in the neighborhood. The current developer that's involved here is one of the worst in St. Louis. You can look them up in case now. They've got dozens of cases pending. There's no guarantee that they would be able to even finish the project if they started it. Browning says under the nuisance code, if Lux Living fails to pay for the fix-up, the city can seize the buildings. He says tearing them down is not an option in Forest Park Southeast. Subscribe and stay up to date by searching for STL All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you podcast.